Hey everybody, thanks for coming back to this week's episode of Music, the Bed of Life. I'm your host, Anthony V. Simuel, and we have a very special guest today, because it's my wife, Sheila. So we're going to have a good chat with her because she's got a special angle on a listener's point of view of music, the bed of life. Sheila, how you doing? Good, how are you? I'm marvelous. I'm simply marvelous. So you kind of heard me allude to you're a special listener of music. First of all, tell me where you're from. Shropshire in England. And England as in? United Kingdom. So the UK. So tell me, did you live in one place or did you move around the UK? From the age of 16, I moved around a lot with my work. Yeah? Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. What, did you have music in the house at all? We did. We had music that was very um very townish villages ish if that makes sense so we heard like elvis the carpenters crystal gale Jula clark on your own little cloud when you don't see the white Um, just really more that kind of music. Mm-hmm. So there wasn't a huge variety. Right. And, well, that was kind of a variety. And, and you just kind of helped me try and get a point across that I want to make. And that is, right off the bat, most people would not know how to name all those artists that you just named. A lot of people listen to music and then it's there and it's gone. They don't know the names, including myself sometimes. As you well know, (laughs) you can name a lot more tunes than I can most of the time. So as a young girl, how far back do you think it was when you actually started hearing music? And I don't mean necessarily paying attention to it, but hearing it. Maybe five, five-ish, something like that. That's as far back as I can remember. And what were you hearing? Elvis. That's uh, the music in the house. Yes, on the radio. On the radio. Mm-hmm. Didn't have any records or anything like that, record player? Or... We didn't have any records at that time. That came later. Okay. So you said 16 was when you started um, listening to all of those names those artists you just named or no sorry 16 you said is when you started doing what moving moving around moving around yeah okay so now we're getting into where I want to go and that is you moved around a lot now you were working at 16 years old right I started work at the age of eight part-time and 15 age 15 full-time Oh, so when you got to be 16 or 15 and started working, where were you working? I was working in a small town just outside of the village where I had been raised. Mm -hmm. 
And any music floating around? Anybody with a radio? Um, there was a record store um, on the same street as where I worked. So I would go into there. Um, and that's when I started hearing different types of music. Um, but most people that went into that record store didn't like the music being played. And that, that store actually closed down. They didn't like the music being played that that was on for like demo purposes? What do you mean by yeah. they didn't like it being played? They didn't like it being played. So um, something that needs to be understood is it was a very small town, very small village, very small town. Not many people live in there. People hadn't had experiences in life outside of that village or town. Okay. So it was new to them, and, you know, people don't like change. Yeah, yeah. So then let's. So you're saying that in this particular time of your life, people were listening to music that was one-dimensional, pretty much. Yes. And that dimension was pop, country? What? Definitely wasn't country. Um, never heard country um, in England, ever. Um, it, it was more pop. Mm -hmm. Okay. Then I know you said you started moving around. When you started moving around, was that was was that because you were working or because of some other reason? So I moved because I heard some music that I really really liked that was not the normal for the area which I grew up, and it just opened up a whole new world for me. It was like, wow, there's all this music I've never heard of, and I love it. And so then I moved. I decided, okay, it's time to go move to a city. Oh, so you, you moved to get away from normal. Yes. Basically. Yes. So what was the music that you were listening to that you loved so much that you were hearing? Give me some examples. I started to hear first off, and this is going back a long time, the Elgins, Heaven, Heaven Must Have Sent You. one I started here in Motown in particular um, I'd heard some Michael Jackson or Jackson 5 because the cartoon used to come on TV um, and then this whole new world opened up when I heard Never Too Much by Luther Vandross I can't feel myself I don't want nobody else to ever love me you are my shining star my guiding light my love fantasy there's not a minute hour day And at the same time, I was hearing Alexandra Neal, Keith Sweat, um, all those types. Okay, so how, how is it now that you're hearing what sounds markedly different from what you were listening to when you were back in Shropshire or at home? I'll just say at home. How how did you start hearing all this other music? 
who was playing it? So I went into it's a shop. One day I'll say shop because mm. they're shops. And I heard the song, and then I went and asked um, for the manager and asked them what was this song they were playing. Um, and this was when I moved to the city. Um, What's the city? It was still in Shropshire, but a place called Shrewsbury. Mm-hmm. Um, and they had clubs there. We didn't have anything like that where I grew up. So I went to a club, and that was that was it for me. M- <laughs> music determined a, l- a lot of where I moved after and also influenced um, some of the work that I did. Yeah, see, so this is this is why I called you a special listener because music actually was a little more than the bed of life in your case. It it was your life. It for really a was. Bit. Yeah, I used to spend all of my paycheck um, on music for for quite a long time, and and even after I didn't spend it all on music, I'd spend at least fifty percent. Um, on music. I had so much vinyl. It was just <laughs> so, so much. Vinyl in the form of 45s? Yes. <laughs> I did have some LPs too. Uh, then as time went on, I did have um, some 12 inches too. Oh, the mix, the 12 inch mix? Yes, but primarily 45s. Yeah. Thousands and thousands and thousands. Who did you share this stuff with? Because it didn't sound like a lot of people listened to the same thing you did. Um, I influenced, um, (laughs) some of my friends who still lived in the town where I had been born and I used to go, um, drive and pick them up to go to the club because they'd never experienced it either. And, um, from there I just met a lot of people, um, in the club to the point where a DJ, um, that worked was a resident DJ at this club asked if myself or one of my friends would like to be paid would like to be paid um to be the first ones to get up and dance so at that back then nobody wanted to be the first person to get up and dance so we we did and it was like cool in the gang um all kinds of of things like that Hmm. and this was in tell me again what city Shrewsbury. 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 Yeah. And you didn't live there yet, but you moved there? I moved there. When I, when I heard some music in a shop, um, found out what, what the song was, and then that led me doing research and asking lots of questions, because, of course, it wasn't the Internet then. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so it was asking lots of questions, Um where do people go to listen to this kind of music? And I was told about this one club, and right, so I moved. Um, I wanted to go to this club, and I knew there was more like it in that town. It's pretty interesting you say that because one of uh, one of the prior episodes I had someone on, uh, Brian Chartran, as you well know, and that was one of the things that we were both talking about how people experience music a little bit differently nowadays back in the day when you had nothing but radio and not radio you could jump from this station straight to this station you if you wanted to hear something you had to crawl across the dial until you heard something you liked Mm -hmm. you didn't know what station it was maybe but you you just changed the dial until you heard something you liked 
and we were talking about how people don't discover music. And in your case, you not only discovered music, but you hunted it down. Yeah, I did hunt it down because I, I wanted to hear more of it and explore it. But I wanted to expo- explore people, too, who was listening to this music. Why were they listening to it? Um, and so on. And then in this club in Shrewsbury, I met some people who came from the bigger cities, London, Birmingham, Wigan, um, and started going to those clubs, too. How did this music make you feel that made you want to hunt it down so bad? It just made me feel alive. I, I think coming from a small town, everybody did the same thing every day. Um, and, and music for me made me realize there's a lot more to life than what I was seeing or mm-hmm. hearing about. So it was time to explore. <laughs> and how far did that exploring exploration get you? You you hunted it down to a certain point, found some music in Shrewsbury. Mm-hmm. Where did you go from there? And f- based on what you heard and your questions about where do you go to experience this music? So from there, I went to Birmingham, which is the second largest city um, in yeah. England. Um, did a lot of live music there, too. So that took me down a, a different avenue. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so so I started running bars and pubs, um, managed those, and I was typically going after the ones that either had DJs in them or live music. You say, let's back up a minute, put the needle back. You started running pubs, is that what you said? Yes. How did you get into that? Um... I wanted a job. I wanted that job to be something social and some, somewhere where I could consistently hear music. Um, and that's what came along, and that's what I did. Oh, okay. So you've ended up in a pub running it. What, what, what was your control over music at that point? <laughs> um, very much in control. So we would have a jukebox. Um, I got to pick all of the songs that could be put on the, the jukebox. Um, and did. And did. <laughs> um, a lot of the time I did ask um, other people who worked there and who came in as customers, right, regulars, mm-hmm. the types of music they would like to hear. But then came along live music too. And the one venue that I did that was predominantly live music was rock. Um, and funny enough, I'd never really gotten into rock. Mm. Um, and the first night at that bar, I was taking like ibuprofen, really bad headaches because the music was so loud and it was like this, um, death metal. Um, examples, give me some examples. What music? It was like Metallica, um, type things. It was real hard rock, heavy metal. Um, so then we started, uh, they already had live music, and so I expanded it from one night to six nights a week. You uh, did? Mm-hmm. Even though it was giving you a headache? 
Yeah, be, well, because after about a month, I was like, you know what? I think I could get into this. And that's what that venue was. And that's what it was successful in. Mm-hmm. See, more music discovery. Mm-hmm. Something you had never heard. Well, I don't know. Did you hear rock before that? I, I think I had, but I hadn't paid attention to, to it. If I heard it, even when I had my own radio, I would switch channel. Did you? Okay, I'm, I'm assuming you had a car mm-hmm. going from these different places. Did you have a radio in the car? I did. What station was it mostly on type, genre? Well... If there was such an animal. There, was, there wasn't, right? So just to give you some context, in England, um, at that time at least, you didn't have a station that did all R&B or a station that did all hip-hop or Motown. It was one station where you still heard the Elvis, Petula Clark, those types of mm. things. But when I moved into a bigger city, like in Birmingham, then that's when they started having those radio stations there. Okay, so let's go to Birmingham. What station would you be listening to? R&B. R&B. R&B I did and R&B. And I did start um, listening to some rock also since that was um, what I was doing every night of the week. So what, what did you do as a pub owner? I mean, as a person that runs a pub, and I obviously know you control the music. What else did you do? I managed it, right? So it's it's a business. Um, even though it wasn't my own, I was a manager for a very large um, brewery at that time. Um, so I would manage it, right? I would work profit and loss accounts. I would clean the pipes, do the cellar. Um, but a lot of the venues that I was in were trouble, trouble venues mm-hmm. where it had people who fought, um, a lot of racism, a lot of drugs. Um, so I was actually hired by the brewery to go in and get rid of that type of clientele, um, turn it around, and introduce a totally different clientele. Okay. Now, for you listeners who don't know, we're talking about a, a, a lady here who's all of five foot one and three quarters? One. Five foot one. And probably was 70 pounds soaking wet back in the day when she was Mm -hmm. cleaning up pubs, quote unquote. (laughs) It just amazes me that you were still doing that. But um, at that point, you had all the music you ever wanted because of the way you ran your pub and the clientele you were trying to get in there. Mm -hmm. And did it work? Yeah, it absolutely worked. All kinds of places where I moved to, because I would move regularly, right? Once I cleaned up one place, I would move on to the next and so on. But a a big part of it, too, was either introducing live music or introducing DJs. A lot Mm. of places didn't have DJs. and It was a lot of fun interviewing for DJs, because you'd have so many people come in and and try out for you and, you know, Mm. all their different styles. So. So this is this is really interesting. You've gone from a person who's only listening to Petula Clark and the likes to a person who's now interviewing DJs <laughs> and right. live bands and live to bands, do your show. Yeah. So, like I said, music was not the bed of life. It was your life mm-hmm. and and still is. I mean, 
I can I can go on right now and and in fact after you've gotten done running pubs where did you go from there well I ran pubs for many years um after that the brewery that I was working for actually closed down after that I went to work in a store um as a manager and I changed all the music that was played in the store too was that Argos Mm mm-hmm okay and how how did that work? What did you have a sound system or just a radio yeah. in the store? Yeah, it was it was well, I guess you could call it a sound system, right? <laughs> I mean, you had speakers up yeah. in the ceiling, um, but it, it was even then it was all pop music, and um, then I would start introducing because it was all on like cassette. Hmm. Um, what is that? Hmm? What's what is that? Yeah, like you don't know. <laughs> um, so just started getting different mixes. Um, I'd picked up some mixes from some DJs I met along the way, mm-hmm. and started playing some of those. So it wasn't, you know, sometimes when you go into a store or a shop, it's almost like lobby music, hotel mm-hmm. kind of music. So I wanted something with a little more zumph in it because when your customers come in, you don't want them feeling sleepy, like they want to go to sleep, right? right? So we want them to feel energized. Yeah, that's that's so fits right into music as the, music being the bed of life in a way that is a little different. Like you said, when I go into a store, it's very faint, and a lot of times I'll hear stuff most people didn't even know the music was on. Mm-hmm. So when you got in there and you changed the music from elevator, quiet, to your new type of, well, I'm assuming it was R&B-ish. And... Well, some of it was. I did do a big mix of everything yeah. because of the area that I was in at that time. And how did it go over? Did customers actually make any comments? Like, hey... I did have some people come up and start saying, oh, what's this that's playing? But even more, the biggest impact there was the people that worked there because mm, mm-hmm. they hadn't heard so many different varieties and so many songs previously. So it, it was fascinating to them. So see, this is this is perfect. This is exactly what I'm talking about. You, as being a special type of listener, you're actually a creator of music yourself. Or at least a distributor of music. Mm -hmm. I'll say that. Because you are probably responsible for a lot of people changing or at least being exposed to different types of music Mm -hmm. in your journeys. Right. It's very, very interesting to me. (laughs) Well, let's see. What happens after Argos, music-wise? Because I know you were hunting music down and stuff. Did you ever feel like you found it? You found, let me put it a different way. Did you ever feel settled in the fact that, okay, I now know what kind of music is out there? Or are you still on the search for it? You know, that's that's an interesting question. I thought I'd found what I was looking for, um, which was R&B mm-hmm. and hip-hop, right? That That's 
my two main genres. However, I do hear songs now and again that's totally out of what I would typically listen to. And I'm like, oh, I like that, like a country song recently. And I've never been a fan of country, don't like it, don't <laughs> want to listen to it. It happened to come on um, the radio and I was like, you know what, I think I might like this. Um, so I have one country song in my playlist. Oh, wow. <laughs> Let me tell you, that's... That's news to me, and not only that, but uh, I've got to find a sound effect that shows my jaw dropping onto the floor. <laughs> wow. Yeah. But I think, you know, over the years, it's, cha it's changed, right? A lot of rock entered my life, and if I'm just listening to music, um, if I want to listen to something chilled, I'll probably listen to Sade, Kenny G. If I want something more upbeat, I'll still listen to 80s and 90s, probably, um, R&B but then when I'm working out I like Metallica Nirvana mm. Guns N' Roses mm. yeah um, yeah and I know uh, I know I'm pretty sure I've had a little influence on what you've listened to since you moved here definitely <laughs> definitely <laughs> jazz right I was yeah. like, oh, no it doesn't <laughs> let me to sleep but, but no Brian Brian Culbertson comes to mind. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. He's, he's my favorite, I think, of people that, that I didn't know or never heard of. I see you first thing in the morning. I love the way you shine when the sun is rising. And every day, all I want to do is hear your voice. Mm. It's like you strike a chord Kenny G. I had heard of Kenny G. Oh, you'd heard because I had heard "Songbird" as when I was living mm. in Shrewsbury. Yeah, that's a good one. That and that's where I was introduced to Keith Sweat. Also, where what, what when was I was that? living back in Shrewsbury, I heard the song by Keith Sweat, "Make It Last Forever," and that was just like, oh my gosh, that's <laughs> still my number one um, ballad. Even now. Yeah. I do know that. Um, hmm. So answer this question for me, and then uh, I think we're pretty good. I, I think I got out of you what I was hoping to get out of you. And you said it so well. Answer this question. What does music, the bed of life, mean to you? You kind of answered it throughout this, but... Throw one at me. What comes off the top of your head? Just how it can influence you and how you can evolve from music, right? Regardless of what it is, whether you're an artist, whether you're a listener. Um, to me, it just explains so much to so many people. And if you didn't, can you imagine your life without it? No. Yeah. No, I couldn't. I could not be without music. I could be without TV. Um, I'd even be without chocolate Ooh, uh -oh. and ice cream. She's getting serious. But, <laughs> <laughs> but, but music, um, no, it's something I have to have. All right. 
Any last thoughts? No. About well, music? Um, just if you haven't listened to many varieties or genres, um, you really don't know what you're missing. Just just give everything a try. You would be surprised um, what will come your way, how it will open your mind, expand, expand, um, expand your thoughts even, right? Because sometimes, too, when we're listening to lyrics, those can have an impact on our life, too. It's not oh, yeah. nothing about Absolutely. the tune. It's the lyrics, too. Yeah. So listen carefully and listen to a lot. Well, thank you, Miss Sheila. Thank you very much for joining me on this podcast today as a, I want to say, normal listener, but I just don't think you are. <laughs> I definitely think you're a special listener, and I appreciate you coming on the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Well, pay attention for uh, next week's episode of Music the Bed of Life, and we'll see who's next on. And by the way, if you find that any of these episodes are piquing your interest and you have something to say about them, go on the website, www.musicthebedoflife.com. You can click on a link and record your message there. So, see you next week, and thanks for joining us today. Bye. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. For more information about this show and past episodes, go to www.musicthebedoflife.com. Please like, share, and subscribe to stay informed of new episodes. Join your host, Anthony V. Simuel, on the next quest to discover how music plays such an important part of our lives and the many individuals responsible for making it happen.